Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe Podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, November 25th, 2020. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to everybody out there. Turkey Day is tomorrow. Very excited about it. And yes, for those of you that still celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, you know what? Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, I know there's a big push here in LA and Southern California to not celebrate, but however you're celebrating, uh, I, I wish you uh, nothing but the best out there. A very happy Thanksgiving indeed. There's plenty to be thankful for, even though we're in this crazy world that has been 2020. Uh, guys, a few housekeeping items. There was some technical difficulties this morning. The Anchor app apparently crashed on us. Uh, I went in there multiple times to try to record, and it said it was not responding. So I'm doing this on my phone it is not with our fancy microphone. I think we have, uh, you know, taken it to Anchor, and it's eventually uh, run <laughs> run out of luck as far as Matt Hersema running the operations here. So I do apologize for a slight difference in sound. I'm just recording through the phone. I was able to do an interview with Bill Barnes today on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. We had some coffee and had a discussion through Zoom. Uh, that has been uploaded, uh, but it's just a matter of time here to see if this actually uh, can get, be pieced together through Anchor, through the app, to see if we can indeed put out an episode today for our loyal listeners out there. We'd like for you to hear this uh, today on Wednesday, but you never know. There might be technical difficulties um, maybe there's a lot of people doing podcasts today because it's Thanksgiving tomorrow. I don't know, but the anchor app needs to, uh, the anchor app and the website needs to be updated or something. So anyway, we're, we'll work through it. We will work through it. We are here for you. I'm just happy to be recording an episode here on Wednesday, November 25th, uh, with Thanksgiving being tomorrow. You know, there, there's plenty of things to be grateful for, to be thankful for. And I do want to say a few of those things. I know we've all had a tough time. We've all lost jobs this year. We've all been away from family. We've had this virus come and just uh, hit some of us, if not directly, somewhat indirectly. Maybe it's our pocketbook. Maybe it's our income. Maybe it's our living situation. I think everyone has suffered a little bit in 2020. A lot of people have suffered a lot. And Sure, it would be really easy to just say, you know what, this is horrible, this is doomsday, this is the worst it's ever been. And you would have an argument. You really would. But I think in our darkest of times, it's up to us really to look for uh, the silver lining. I'm not saying, oh, you know, you know, let's, uh, you know, everyone get along and everyone be happy. No, I understand. Pain and, and suffering, uh, it's there. It, it, we've all felt it this year. But now that we are at the end of November and, you know, only one more month left of 2020, it's the holiday season. 
Thanksgiving to me is kind of a kickoff for Christmas. I know not everyone agrees with that, but uh, it is for me. And you know what? We do have a lot to be thankful for. I'm thankful for a roof over my head. I'm thankful for my wonderful girlfriend, Valerie Burns. I'm thankful for family. Uh, my brother, Sam Hersema, uh, is just a great guy. We chat every day almost. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful for good friends, good friends out there. Fred Monteblanco, Jan Balon, you guys are guys that I've grown a lot closer to uh, the past year or so. I'm thankful for those things. I'm thankful for friends I have had uh, for, for my entire lifetime. I'm thankful for Todd Carson, uh, my, my former coaches, Ken Drain, uh, his son, Devin Drain, a, a good friend of mine. Renzo, I'm thankful for so many people out there, too many to name. And... Sometimes you just have to sit back and count your blessings. You really do. Because unfortunately, things could be worse. I know that's a sad thought. That's a a sad state of affairs. But things could always be worse. And I think what truly makes the difficult times bad is that when compared to good times, they, they, they really stick out more. To truly be in difficult times and and suffer a little bit means you've also been through some good times. And you flip that around, I think you truly appreciate the good times when you've struggled a little bit, when you've suffered. And and I I speak from experience in that regard. There's plenty of things I've gone through that I I wouldn't wish on anybody. And I'm by no means some some victim or some type of uh, someone that has lost more than others or anything like that. But we all know what it's like to lose. I hate losing. I absolutely hate losing. I much prefer winning. So we are going to climb out of this thing one way or another. There's some heavy obstacles in front of us. Definitely an uphill battle. But we've come a long way. And it's very sad for me to see restaurants closing here in Los Angeles and Southern California. Some of the orders, some of the restrictions. Yeah, it, it's a It's a pain. It, it it pains me driving around to see restaurants uh, having to put up tents and tables and chairs outside, just doing what they can to get by. And now that's not going to be good enough. Now all dining is going to be shut down. And I'm not some guy that is desperate to go to a restaurant. I'm not. I don't like paying for <laughs> food that's more expensive and uh, being around a bunch of people. But there are people who enjoy that. And the people who do enjoy that especially are the restaurant owners, the servers, the bartenders, the, the, the waiters, the chefs. I mean, I feel for all those people. I don't know what they're going to do here for the next few weeks. And hopefully it's only a few weeks. But we have to count our blessings. That's all we can do. We can sit here and dwell and feel sorry for ourselves or we can try to look at the bright side of things. And I'm saying these words because these are things that are very difficult for me to do. I'm a lot more negative, I think, than people realize. I get very frustrated. I get very angry. But one thing that keeps me grounded is my faith, um, trying my best to stay positive. I'm also a realist. I look at, I, I understand you can't just ignore what's going on around you. You can't just ignore pain and suffering. Sometimes that makes it worse. But you have to try to be positive in light of uh, things that are going on around us. Some of my most inspiring stories I've ever read or 
events that have been uh, documented and such have been moments where people were struggling. I, I've read a lot about, you know, uh, combat and warfare and those types of things. And, and people were in impossible situations and they came out of them because they were able to move forward. They didn't just sit there and feel sorry for themselves. They, they fought till the end. Sometimes there wasn't an end. They fought their way through it. So those are the things that inspire me. Comeback stories, if you will. Comeback stories in sports and, and all these different things. I, I hope to God that one year from now we look back and we're like, hey, remember last year's Thanksgiving when you couldn't do anything? Well, you were told not to anyway. I applaud the people that are going to have their regular Thanksgiving and not uh, limit themselves to you know, only a few people. And if that's what you want to do, if you want to have a small Thanksgiving, by all means, go for it. Ironically, that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm going to be, it's my dad and my brother on Thanksgiving, just the three of us. That's not because we're afraid of, uh, you know, virus or, or any, you know, adhering to any uh, lockdown suggestions or anything. That's just kind of how we do a lot of Thanksgivings. But it is a time to be thankful, to be grateful, and I hope everybody celebrates accordingly. Whatever uh, makes you realize, you know what? Even in the worst of times, we got it pretty good. Hey, however you do it, God bless you, and uh, I I, uh, I commend you for it. Happy Thanksgiving Day to everyone. Thanksgiving to me, it's, as I mentioned, it kicks off Christmas, but it's one of those holidays where it's just about food, man. It's just about food, making too much food, eating too much food, eating all day, uh, you know, having a few, a few adult beverages, uh, just kind of. If you're on a diet, if you're if you're doing good things with the, you know, your health, it's one day to just get after it. And I remember Thanksgiving would roll around, and you'd see relatives that you hadn't seen in a year, or at least since last Christmas, maybe. Sometimes you see people only once a year, and we were just exciting about excited about eating all day. Nine a.m. Wake up, mom was making the turkey. All the smells of Thanksgiving—that's almost better than the food itself. And you go down downstairs. I live upstairs now, but I, never, I didn't have a two-story house back then. But wherever I was, whether at a relative's house, we'd throw some football on at uh, 9.30 in the morning out here on the West Coast. Usually the Lions playing. And as bad as the Lions were, they always played hard on Thanksgiving. They always were in the game, it seemed like. My dad used to say, oh, the Lions don't lose on Turkey Day. And uh, the Lions and the Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving. And the Lions, it, it dates back uh, much further and then they started to throw in the mix this uh, one more primetime game on uh, Thanksgiving night, which I thought was pretty cool. So we've got three football games. Although this year, I believe they uh, moved the Ravens-Steelers game to Sunday for some COVID protocols, I'm sure. But anyway, there's still plenty to be thankful for. There's still plenty of food to eat. I wish you all uh, you know, happy overindulgence on Thanksgiving. It's an awesome time to just uh, eat too much. I've been trying to eat less. It's definitely uh, helped out my <laughs> my weight, my health and everything. But Thanksgiving, let me tell you, there's no amount uh, that's too much. Uh, definitely have seconds, have thirds, have have that extra slice of pumpkin pie, have uh, have uh, you know more turkey, have some turkey sandwiches late at night. Whatever you do, it's the one day a year to just pig out and get after it. And uh, we can all watch our weight another day. But Thanksgiving, 
eat it up because there's plenty of people out there who, uh, you know, don't have a whole bunch to eat. And yeah, maybe we overdo it, but that's what Thanksgiving is for. Food, football, family. And uh, my, my prayer is that everyone out there has faith that we will indeed uh, overcome this thing. And whether it be job loss, home loss, maybe some arguments with family members, uh, I, I just hope everyone can it, it, find peace at least. If you can't recover from it altogether, some relationships you know, that people have gone through, if that can ever be fixed, hey, oh well. There's uh, there's worse tragedies in the world. I think uh, if we wish each other the best and uh, just kind of go about our lives the best we can, that's all we can really do. So anyway, enough out of me uh, rambling away as I often do on the Get Home Safe podcast. I hope this segment comes out because I'm recording it on my phone and uh, who knows uh, with technology and me. But happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Uh, you guys are tuned in today or whenever you're listening to this to hear Bill Barnes. So let's get to Bill Barnes. Enough out of me. Uh, happy to be recording with Bill on Wednesday. And uh, he's going to fill us in on his uh, COVID recovery It is as it is nearing an end. And uh, we also got into some sports topics, a little bit of the NFL, talked about some coaches, uh, talked about a few different things. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Once again, happy Thanksgiving to all and uh, everyone be safe out there. But let's get to our interview with Mr. Bill Barnes. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every week for very strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, it is Wednesday, and I'm back with Bill Barnes once again for the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. We are on time this week. Uh, we're recording on Thanksgiving Eve. So, uh, Bill, happy early Thanksgiving to you. I know we talked a little bit about Turkey Day to, uh, tomorrow, but do, do you remember what, what Thanksgiving is, Bill? You, do you remember that holiday? Do you remember the... Uh, do I remember? Yeah, the, the old holiday Thanksgiving. It, it's going away now, apparently, but uh, do you remember how it used to be? I do vaguely. Yes. Um, that's the day that, um, we, we get up and there's, there's like eggs, Easter eggs. No. <laughs> oh man. Nah, he's, he has not lost his mind. Bill, in all seriousness, how are you doing? Uh, you're about 14 days in right from the coronavirus experience. What can you tell us, uh, update us on, on your current condition? Well, I'm fine actually. Um, the only thing that I have is a lingering, a little bit of a lingering cough at times. Um, you know, it's slowly but surely I'm getting back to a complete normal. And with that said, um, just a little tired, uh, but it, that's coming around. Um, you know, if, if what I was faced with is the worst someone gets, then we've shut this country down for no reason. However, I'm not foolish enough to realize that. I know that it, obviously affects people in other ways, but, um, you know, I've had some friends that have gotten it. And I figured I thought they'd get hit harder than they did and they didn't. I've also had some friends that got it. I figured it's not going to affect them too bad and it knocked them pretty good. So this is a very, very, very strange and fickle, um, uh, virus. You know, um, I actually was 
fearing that if early on, maybe back in March, April, when this thing first, you know, was, was uh, introduced, I thought if I got it, it's going to hit me hard. Well, I got it in November. And I, like I say, I've had flus that have hit me harder. And, um, you know, other than just a, a debilitatingly horrible sore throat for three days, it wasn't all that bad. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was lucky. So very similar than where you're at now to kind of where you were Friday, maybe some slight improvements, would you say? Much, much more improvement now. I'm, okay. I'm a little more, um, um, less fatigue. I've got uh, less body aches. Uh, I'm, I'm about 99. I'm at 95% right now. 95. Wow. Well, you're, you're typically about an 80% kind of guy. So that's great news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. What is, uh, I haven't really had a chance to ask this to anybody, but like, what is the uh, the doctor's orders, if you will, they, they just say, Hey, take 14 days off and then uh, you're cured or, or it, do you have to go back in to get checked up? How does it work? Well, I've heard two, two different theories. A that after 10 days, uh, if you're, if you don't have a fever, you're pretty much okay. Um, or you need to go in and get tested again and get a negative. However, if you've got this in your system, you you may test positive for up to, you know, a month or two. And, but as long as you don't have a fever and you don't have any symptoms, you're not, you know, you're not spreading it. So I, I don't know. I wasn't told one way or the other. Okay. So you're not, I had to go, oh, I had to go and be proactive and figuring out what to do. I called the doctor, the doctor prescribed me medication. If I hadn't done anything, I would have just sat here. So it's up to you to be your own advocate. And that's what I did. Hmm. So, so you, you could, after that 10 days, 14, whatever it is, you're, you're technically not, um, you can't spread it or you can. I mean, it, you, you, you can't. Contagious? I, that's the word. You're not contagious, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Once you've done your 10-day uh, quarantine and you're no longer, um, you no longer have symptoms, which I don't. And, and you had to go to the doctor or you called your I called, doctor? I did a video. I did a, uh, a teleconference with him. Oh, after okay. I, after I went and got tested, the next day I called. I said, hey, what can I do to uh, help my symptoms here? I've got a horrific sore throat, blah, blah, blah. And he gave me some things and it helped. Okay. Interesting. I'm, I'm curious how the doctors are all doing with this whole process because – they got to have a lot of people coming to them who say, yeah, I think I have it or I do have it. And they're probably answering a lot of questions. They don't know the answers to still, would you say? I mean, it's, or do they kind of have a good grasp of this thing? I don't think they have a grasp of this thing. Mm -hmm. I really don't. Um, you know, it, it, it depends who you talk to on how you treat it. Some people just yeah. say, let it run its course. Some people say hit it aggressively with some, with some, uh, um, with some medication and some people kind of a combination of both. I, I don't know. No. Yeah. All I know is, is that people are saying, wear your mask, wear a mask, wear a wear mask, a mask. Wear, wear a mask. <laughs> well, Stop uh, the they said if, if, if people, if everybody would wear a mask, then we could, you know, eradicate this thing. Well, I'll tell you what, when I go out somewhere, everybody's wearing a fucking mask. I've yet yeah. to go out and, and see someone not wearing a mask. Everybody mm -hmm. wears a mask. Yeah. 
They, yeah, they do. I mean, uh, so I don't know how much that's helping or not, or hurting. Um, so it, it is interesting. I mean, one of the biggest things here in Los Angeles, LA County, uh, the state, first of all, the, we know the state is under attack or uh, the state is attacking Thanksgiving, doesn't want people to gather. Uh, but Los Angeles, the mayor, Mayor Garcetti there, he basically has made it so that all restaurants uh, in LA County are not only not having dining inside, they're not going to allow dining outside either. And it's crazy driving around to see all these uh, restaurants with tents and tables and chairs outside. I mean, it's California, so it's not that cold, but a lot of people have been eating outside in the cold. And I can't imagine what it's like in other parts of the country. But now, Bill, uh, here we are Thanksgiving, and and the mayor is going to shut down restaurants altogether. So I don't know how long it's going to be. I I think I heard three weeks, but last time I heard uh, an or, an order of this kind, you know, it lasted much longer. So um, my heart breaks for restaurant owners and small business owners. I mean, what are your thoughts on on these restaurants getting shut down and really not having any options other than takeout? I think. Yeah, um, takeout or delivery. Uh, well, <laughs> we've been down this road before and, you know, seven, eight months ago. And we, what have we learned? Mm -hmm. have we, how have we better affected this? Obviously, we haven't, have we? No. Um, and this is just a, a, a direct blast to our leadership. Our leadership is weak, pathetic. They are a failure at every level. Uh, you have a... You have a the chief county medical officer, Dr. Farrar. She is a social worker. She wouldn't know what to do with a stethoscope. Okay, she's not a doctor. Let's have some people that actually have prescribed medication and done the job. Start, you know, why can't we have people like that in 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 a, in a leadership role? I mean, um, same thing with these these board of supervisors. My God, these are these are absolute idiots. I, just, I mean, I, I, who, I mean, if Los Angeles County is that fucked up, that that's who we are, are um, um, electing, then you know what? I, LA County is just a lost cause, man. Oh, it's done. It's gone. It's uh, it's a rudderless ship. It, it, it probably never had a rudder, but, but, but we're, we're just the, the you, you're right. You look at leadership. I mean, you look at, you look at a bad football team and, and you go straight to the head coach or the coaching staff in some way, uh, maybe the players, but it seems here in Los Angeles, we don't do that. We don't look at the top. We're like, wait a minute, who's calling the plays here? Uh, these plays aren't working. You need to try something else, Garcetti. Um, I, I just don't see – so much has been done in the name of safety, right? I just don't see how you ruin – people's lives by taking their income i don't care about the fact that i can't go eat in a restaurant okay i don't like going out to restaurants that much anyway uh, they're expensive and you know crowds and all that but it's more about the ability for someone to run their business i i just see that you can't keep printing money what are you going to do get more money out to people more unemployment no we can't have people on unemployment we need people working and i just don't see how taking restaurants from people well the blowback the blowback from this is going to be for years i mean you're not going to see los angeles recover anytime soon no I mean, 
they, they could they could have the 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 the, uh, the um, uh, antidote out tomorrow, and <laughs> everybody can take a spoonful of it, and it's still going to be months, on, if not years, before you know Los Angeles uh, gets back to where they were, which is nothing to brag about to begin with. Um, <laughs> so, again, it's. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. It's pathetic. It's it's laughable. You know, you've got, uh, you know, the the. It's just a joke, a complete joke. Yeah, I you can go. You, I mean, it's, it's perfectly perfectly legal to go protest. Yeah, yeah, it's encouraged in mass protest in, in mass. Yeah, I, I just. <laughs> but but by God, you better not go and sit at a table. Uh, spaced you know appropriately and have a meal no no not at all and and i just see a lot of businesses shut down the big ones aren't the walmarts the targets the uh you know the big supermarkets but you know these other places are struggling and i've seen it where people are trying to do what they can they're doing what they can as far as the regulations they're making it work and my thought bill is that garcetti started to see that restaurants are kind of adjusting to the times and moving things outside and doing whatever they can. And it's almost like, okay, they're having a little success. No, nope, nope, I don't want that. I mean, I truly do believe there's some deeper rooted uh, agenda here than just, no, it's unsafe to uh, for people to gather. I truly do believe that after all these months and seeing some of the policies put forward, I think they really want people to depend on the government I think they really want people to, uh, you think of small businesses, that's, mo- that's mostly restaurant owners. Um, they, they just don't want people to have normal lives. I truly do it's the, believe it's that. The, it's the democratic way, man. It's the progressive Dems. Uh, that's the way they want to, to sail these days. And, um, you know, President-elect ele- President Biden better snap to it or he's going to get overthrown. And because, you know, he's pretty, he's kind of a moderate you know, he's, he's, he's not real crazy like a lot of the progressive Dems are. And if he doesn't start, um, you know, listening and doing what they want, you know, Nancy's going to come in and, and uh, you know, remove him. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very curious to see the level of extremism that we do see. You know, they, they were afraid of, of Trump for so many years. And, and, and now with uh, Biden, Biden uh, being the, the uh, declared winner, uh, he will, if, if his presidency starts up and the Democrats are running things, I mean, I am very curious to see some of the policies that they put in because I'm afraid to say it, Bill, but some of the things I've seen in like California, I'm like, man, how much worse could it get as far as some of these restrictions and uh, policies? I mean, I, I, I do believe it can get worse, which is a scary thought. Oh, it can. Yeah. It can. I mean... I really, I have mixed emotions whether or not the folks in, in California want this, uh, this vaccine. You know, they're having a great time being king for the day. And once we, once we get a, a vaccine and people start feeling like they can go out and, and do things without, uh, without blowback, um, what are they going to do then? Yeah, I, I just, uh, I, I can't comprehend it really. And uh, it's crazy when you look around the country. I know California is different than everyone else, but... I mean, some of the things you see around the country, people gathering at sporting events, people going to restaurants. I mean, I know California is very populated, 
um, you know, in some of these major cities, major counties, but you're, you're telling me it's that much different here than it is in say, I don't know, Tennessee or Arizona or Texas or Florida. I mean, you have a different mindset there. People are a little more, um, uh, aggressive in how they live and they're not afraid of something that they can't control. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, I guess so. I guess it is a mindset. It's just, it's just nuts to me that, uh, this virus is so deadly and, uh, yet it continues to be well above the 99% survival rate. And, uh, you know, you cannot run from everything. I mean, th- this is America. I mean, we don't, we don't run from fights and it seems like we're going backwards now. We're like, we, oh, okay, now we've we got to forget all that. Okay. We've, we've, we've lost that. Okay. Yeah. I know. Well, it's we do, sad. We, we do run backwards. Okay. <laughs> we do Big retreat. Pedal. We do. So uh, forget the, for, you know, this is no longer your father's America. This is uh, your, 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 um, um, your third cousin who, was born a woman, but says he's a man's United States. <laughs> oh, Bill, you, you, you know, always know how to sum it up, don't you? Uh, well, that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad to see you haven't lost your, your sense of humor. Uh, l- let's throw a few things at you. Let's just bounce around a few topics. Uh, we don't want to talk all coronavirus and uh, depression here on Thanksgiving Eve. There are some things to be thankful for. I think that's the whole purpose of Thanksgiving. We really do need to... Uh, count our blessings, even if they're not that many, as uh, most people are going through in 2020. Um, this story, though, I saw Bill was pretty funny uh, in Colorado. Okay, you're well aware of In-N-Out Burger, the great uh, fast food restaurant here, and can't even call four-hour lines. Four, yeah, opened up in Colorado. Uh, huge lines in uh, in Aurora, which is uh, outside of Denver, I believe, and. Not just were there lines, but wouldn't you know it, some fights broke out. So can you, can you believe it, first of all, that people are waiting hours and hours for an In-N-Out burger in Colorado and also that uh, fights were breaking out as well? Um, I, well, yeah, I can believe it. Yeah, but um, that's just <laughs> mind-boggling to me that someone would wait in line four hours to not, not for, for a free one, but, but they got to pay. Yeah. I mean, In-N-Out's a good burger, but I'm not waiting four hours for it. I'm sorry. No. No, I, I don't wait. The, the, no, I mean, it's crazy. That's just crazy to me, you know? Yeah, I saw that. I went, what? Are you? These people must have been craving it or something. But then again, Colorado, I mean, uh, you know, it's a, it's a free smoking state, isn't it, where weed's legal. So maybe people are just uh, on that munchie train. I don't know. I don't know. They're just uh, – a little, little different up there, out there in Colorado. You've been there. You know how it is. Well, we should, we should, we could ask our super, super liberal friend Dan Weichel get his get his opinion on why uh, <laughs> his his people would stand in line for four and a half hours for a fucking hamburger. You know, but we don't want to interrupt Dan though, because I'm sure he's bashing the bashing Donald Trump and bashing bashing uh, Republicans and uh, touting touting what great people. The Democrats are so we can't bother him. Well, let me ask you this: You, you talk about uh, the Democrats, liberals bashing Trump and the media, especially uh, if if Biden is sworn in. What what are these people going to do for for at least four years? What are they going to do? Their whole purpose in life has been to this Trump derangement syndrome. It, it's going to be gone now. What, what are they going to do with themselves? Well, they'll still, they'll still bash him because believe me, Donald Trump's going nowhere. 
Donald Trump is going to be, you know, he's going to be on whatever uh, Twitter account he can, he can have. He's going to be bashing people. Um, you know, he's going to be right there and they'll still be hitting him hard because, you know, Donald Trump is not the type that goes away and folds his tent. He will come back somehow, some way and <laughs> try to, uh, either run again in 2024, which I really hope he doesn't, or he will do something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you there. It's just funny. It's like when people retire from a job and it's, and it's like, Oh, what are you going to do now? And they lose that purpose. And so some people pass away after retiring or, or they lose a spouse or whatever, just because they no longer have that purpose. I, I, I feel for the media a little bit. They don't have, they can't wake up every morning and, and complain about president Trump, but it sounds like uh, maybe they will in some form because everything's Trump. Everything that's ever happened is still Trump's fault. Everything. Yeah. They'll, they'll find somebody, they'll find a Republican somewhere to, <laughs> uh, to hang their hat on. Yeah. Yeah. It should be interesting. Well, uh, Bill, in other news this morning, uh, uh, Alabama head football coach, Nick Saban tested positive for COVID-19 and he, Again? he did test positive a few weeks ago, but then I think took what secondary tests and everything and proved that it was a false positive. Well, uh, this time, uh, he did test positive again today and he does have some mild symptoms. So it does appear this one is not a false positive. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Coach Nick Saban getting COVID-19? Well, you know, these coaches, they think they're invincible. And, you know, it seems like a lot of them get it. And three days later, they're back on the sideline. And, you know, they run themselves ragged. Um, hey, well, Nick, you know, just here's a guy that, that if he has any relaxation at all, it would probably kill him <laughs> because he's, he's wound pretty tight. So, um I think he, he needs to just chill, man. Just, you know, do what I did. Just lay in bed for a couple of days and just let it all, you know, let it all get by you. Um, the guy that, that if, if he got it would probably, you know, wouldn't know what to do is, is the guy from uh, Clemson. Oh, Dabble Sweeney. <laughs> I mean, that guy is like going, I didn't, he, did he not test positive at some point in time? I don't think he has. No. Um, I, I could double check that, but no, I don't yeah. think he has. Um, you know, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm living proof that just because you test positive doesn't mean you're going to die. Okay. Yeah. I had very, I had a kind of a mild, you know, case of it. Um, so, you know, you, you, you just deal with it, you know, there's, there's, and I'm sure those guys have, are going to be first in line to get the very best medication and they'll be fine. Yeah, it's bad. T- I mean, there's no good timing, really, but it's the week of the Auburn game. Now, Alabama's not going to miss a beat without Saban there. Here's an interesting question, though, Bill. What Do you, do you think these coaches, uh, it's a unique situation where you're kind of the CEO of a, of a team and everything. Uh, should coaches be able to coach from home, say, on a screen with uh, maybe my, with a headset or mic'd up? What are your thoughts on coaches maybe being able to participate from afar? If you could, if you got the technical know how to do it, do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem with it. I don't think I mean, it's an advantage or anything. No, no. I think it's a disadvantage, actually. Yeah. You know, go ahead, just knock yourself out. Yeah, I don't you know. know what... You can you can fuck shit up from your living room just as well as you can from the sideline. <laughs> well, I mean, most of us think uh, we're brilliant coaches from our living room, so uh, maybe head coaches should give it a try and see if uh, we know what we're talking about, coaching. I, I could just imagine Saban there, kind of. 
kind of quarantined in his in his house, just throwing stuff and uh, getting all ticked off. But you know, you talk about coaching. I mean, Saban's a pretty old guy, and he's in great shape. And a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that he has been coaching all these years. That he's uh, you know full of energy and everything. It's funny to me what coaches go through. It, they either the game either wears on them. We've, you and I have seen it in baseball a lot. The game either wears them out or it keeps a lot of guys young. I mean, what, what do you think about that? The fact that some guys stay young because they're coaching uh, and other guys, they age really, really quick. Yeah, it's one or the other. You're right. Um, <laughs> it, 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 you either, it either keeps you – it keeps you young. Like in Saban's case, I've seen some guys in baseball that have, you know, stayed young and then as soon as they retire, they die, you know. Yeah. So again, it's, uh, you know, be careful what you wish for. And if you're, if you're, you know, you, you're your own best judge of, of what you can and can't do. I think a lot of times guys retire because they think it's time to retire. Someone has told them or they look in the mirror and go, Jesus Christ, you look like shit. But inside you, cause you still have it. You know, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, Wayne Graham from, from, he was a baseball coach at Rice. I mean, he looked horrible. I mean, he looked like death warmed over, but in, but on the inside, man, he could, he could really coach. You know, I had him when he was over in uh, Hawaii and, you know, it was, we'd have to call a rain delay to get from when he would come from the dugout to home plate. And, you know, but the guy had it, you know, in, in between the ears, man, he was, he was good. But uh, and he finally retired, and he's still alive, thank goodness. But um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it just it just really depends on on where you're at, I guess. Yeah, you no, know, a guy absolutely. that's you know a guy that, that that I just talked to the other night, and he's doing really well. He's I think he's put on some weight though. He's looking like he's a little heavy, and I we need to he needs to work out a little harder with his grandkids. And that's uh, George Horton. I saw I talked to George a couple nights ago. <laughs> And he's, he's throwing batting practice to his, I think about his three-year-old grandson in the living room. And, uh, and I said, you know, when are you going to get back into coaching? And he's, he just kind of said, you know, I don't know if I'm ready yet. And, and I said, well, I'm retired now. I said, you know, why don't you take a job and I'll come be your uh, director of baseball operations. And, you know, you know, typical George being the pro that he is, he goes, Bill, I'd love to work with you, but I'm just not quite sure I'm ready. <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know, George Horton, the legendary baseball coach from Cal State Fullerton and uh, University of Oregon, uh, recently semi-retired, we'll say. And and Bill, you happen to know uh, a family member of his. That's why you guys yes. have a connection. Yes, his uh, his daughter is a dispatcher at my old police department. His son-in-law is a detective there, so I know them very well. Obviously, and I, that's how I you know. I, and so there's that you know link with George as well. So. Um, it was always it was always fun when I did Oregon games when George would come out to the plate meeting and goes hey uh, Andy's here you know hey uh, my daughter's here you know and he he'd, he'd tell me you know and he'd ask me to he'd, he would you know evidently they would tell him a story or two of what I did and he'd come up and he'd start telling me that story and and uh, it was kind of funny you know but, <laughs> well. Uh, yeah, as a dispatcher with, with uh, when you were working, I, I'm sure it was interesting. She would have plenty of stories. We gotta get her on the podcast sometime. Yeah, oh, she, Bill uh, Barn stories. Yeah, yeah, Michelle would be great. Michelle could probably, uh, she could, uh, yeah, she could uh, tell them with the best. I'm sure she's probably heard a lot. <laughs> 
Oh man, that's fantastic. Well, uh, yeah, uh, c- kudos to Coach Horton uh, back in Southern California. Uh, you know, just hanging out and uh, well, yeah, Bill. As far as uh, coaches go, like we talked about Nick Saban, like and how yeah, some guys do lose that that purpose. Um, I, I think Saban's going to be fine. I'm surprised more and more coaches haven't got it being around so many people, you know, football, when, when this thing got going in, in the summer, everyone was like, you, you can't play college football. You can't play the NFL. Uh, but with college football, there's so many players. There's so many coaches even. And I think overall they've done a great job of containing this thing. Sure. There's been some positive tests and some games canceled, but I think overall the football teams, um, especially the teams that started early, like the ACC and the SEC, you know, I got to hand it to them. They, they've, they've done a pretty good job of, of keeping this, of managing this thing. Uh, you're going to see positive cases. We already have. I mean, Nick Saban's got it. I'm sure other players have had it. Um, did you happen to see the Florida State-Clemson game situation from Saturday? The no. fact Clemson was in Tallahassee ready to play the game the morning of the game. I think it was a, a noon kickoff. Uh, local time and uh, they're ready to play the game and hours before the game uh, Florida State uh, medical officials could not sign off on the game happening so the game ended up being canceled when Clemson was in in the city ready to go and I guess there was a backup offensive lineman on Clemson who had tested positive earlier in the week and then later on it was negative and uh, anyway Dabble Sweeney your boy I know he's one of your favorites uh, he, he was not very happy and he Dabble Dabble is never happy he's never happy he's, the he, man's never happy he is a miserable human being <laughs> miserable human being so it doesn't take much to, to anger him and he was a uh, you know ran and raving about Florida State and how they oh they're they're afraid to play us and blah 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 and it's just like Dabo, uh, there were parts of him I used to like. Now he, he does seem a little more whiny. He's got that There's ego. There's nothing about Dabo whatsoever. First of all, starting with his fucking name. What kind of name is Dabo? Okay? <laughs> You're a fucking grown man. Don't be – why should you be – someone call you Dabo? Come on, dude. Grow the fuck up and quit acting like an asshole on the sidelines. Yeah. Why the, why the, why the officials put up with his shit is beyond me. You know what? We should I would start- run out of flags on him. Oh, I, <laughs> I would run out of flags. That's outstanding. Absolutely. Oh, how come you're treating me this way? Because you're you're being a child. Uh, we should call him by his 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 uh his real name, Bill William. How William Christopher Sweeney? How ironic that his first name is William. Okay, my name, my first name's William, and nobody calls me fucking Dabo. <laughs> Okay. I might now. I'm, or I'm, would I'm, they? <laughs> Come on. What a shit that is. How about Bilba? Bill Bilba. Yeah. Bill Barnes. Just, just some southern fucking bullshit. Come on, guys. Dabo. You're right. I some of these nicknames. What why do people go by? I'm interested in a nickname, but why do people go by? I don't understand. Like, okay, William and Bill, like that's Matt, Matthew. Like, I get that, but like, yeah, my name's uh my name's Nick, but my, my friends call me Johnny. It's like where does I mean, first of all, if, if, if I'm a, if, if, if I have a kid who's being, being recruited by, by Clemson and the coach at the door is, his name's Dabo, I'm going to have two, I'm going to have a couple of uh, second looks at that program. Yeah. I'm, I don't oh. know if I'm sending my kid to a school where the coach's name is Dabo. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what, are we, I, what are we, what are we finger painting? What are we doing? <laughs> 
Well, this is, I, I don't know if this will make you more mad or what, but I, I, I know you didn't ask for it, but I looked it up for you. Uh, what, what's the deal with Dabo? Why is he called Dabo? So apparently it was a nickname given to him as an infant by his brother, Trip, who would try to enunciate that boy when referencing Sweeney. So he would call him, instead of that boy, saying that Dabo, Dabo, like as a kid. That's how the stupid name came from. Okay, so, so my granddaughter can't pronounce grandpa, but she can pronounce hi-paw. So I'm going to have everybody start calling me fucking hi-paw. Hey, hi-paw Barnes, how you doing? Hey, it's hi-paw. Hi-paw's here. Hey, look, it's hi-paw. Come on. Come on. Grow up. Oh, that's fantastic. Christ. Yeah, we, we didn't Come know. <laughs> <laughs> I, what, are we doing? what are we doing? What are we doing here? Come on. This, this, this isn't some game. This is life. <laughs> if, you guys, if you guys have not had a chance, uh, look up Augie Garrido Rant, the, the former Fullerton and Texas baseball coach. And he goes off on his team. Uh, and so Bill and I, every now and then, we'll, we'll, we'll jokingly talk about that rant, you know, because Augie coached until he was – uh, till he basically died. Yeah, till he till he died. As we were just talking about the come full circle with everything, he coached well into his old age and then died shortly after. So, um, yeah, crazy stuff. Some good rants from Augie, that's for sure. I think it kept him semi young. What What do you think? Well, kept, what kept him semi young is Augie chasing women half his age, drinking at bars in Newport Beach, and walking around with flip flops on, thinking he was, you know. 50 years younger than he was yeah. that's what kept, that's what kept augie young yeah and, be the first, and if he was alive he'd be the first one to tell you that <laughs> well bill that's what keeps you young too right i mean you talked about retiring uh with coach recently and, and how you kind of look in a mirror and, and we've been over this but i mean you're a guy I, i'll be honest you you had plenty left in the tank as far as umpiring goes i know with with police work you were ready to go you're just like all right 25 years or whatever I'm, I'm over this but with baseball um you could have kept doing it i mean i just don't know what baseball there would be to work anymore with everything being shut down but uh you just said you know i'm, I'm over it i'm moving on right you were just i, I walked off the field on march 6th 2020 down in um in uh <clears throat> albuquerque new mexico after uh a game and I said you know what if this pandemic hits like it's supposed to this was it this was it I worked my last game yeah and I got in the locker room I looked at Ray Leibel and I said Ray when are they going to shut us down he goes I think we're I think we're done I said I think you're right and four days later we were done so and I said, okay that's it it was the sign you kind of needed you're like you know yep. what enough of this because you came yep. back you came out of retirement and then uh, so no, I, I, I get that. I, I do. Uh, well, Bill, I, I do want to mention somebody that, um, you and I both know, um, one of our former bosses, uh, kind of going through a, a loss, uh, that I, I would love to send our condolences to and Dale Williams, the uh, former signer of umpires in the big West, uh, lost his wife, lost his wife, uh, recently. And, uh, you know, our hearts go out to Dale Williams. Cause, uh, he, he's, he's quite the guy has won a few, or one of you, uh, officiated a few Super Bowls uh, and also uh, umpired the College World Series as well as being a new umpire supervisor for the Big West. So, uh, yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts, Bill? Yeah, um, I, I saw that and I sent uh, Dale a text and he, a couple days later, uh, responded to me, said he thanked me for, for uh, reaching out. And um, 
I hope that, uh, you know, that uh, I don't know what kind of, uh, what kind of ailments Val had. Valerie was her name. She, uh, she passed and I, wa I, I wasn't aware that she'd been sick. So I, I don't know how she passed or what the circumstances were, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, she did pass about a week ago and I hope, um, you know, Dale is, is doing well, you know, um, Dale has kind of been out of uh, communication for a year or two since he retired. Um, not many guys talk to him, but I do hope Dale's doing well down in Palm Desert. And um, I know him and, you know, he, he was uh, with Val for many, many years. And uh, I just hope he's doing well. Yeah, it's, it's tough losing, losing a spouse. And, and, you know, Dale's getting up there in age. Uh, and so it's just sad that uh, he's going through that. But I know a lot of umpires – uh, from the big West are, uh, are thinking of him. And, uh, he, he, he was one thing, one thing about Dale Williams is he was very passionate about umpires and educating. And, uh, you know, we didn't always agree on some of the philosophies or whatever, but he always loved his umpires. Uh, he, he, he was uh, very passionate about teaching and everything. I mean, was that your experience with him? Oh, very much so. Dale would, uh, he could take a five minute, uh, dissertation and make it into a five hour um, you know, uh, five hour course of, of this and that. I mean, he, yes, he could take it to the, to the next level. In fact, there was a rule in the big West. Yeah. <laughs> the rule was when the game was over, you had to be out of the locker room within an hour because if Dale was at the game, he'd come in and slice and dice plays and you'd be there well past an hour and the locker room attendants and, uh, all the folks wanted to get out of there. So they had, a, they had the one hour rule and that's because of Dale. So <laughs> we would have to hurry up and get showered, dressed, get out of there. And then he would take us to his favorite place to go when we were in Riverside was uh, he would, he loved to go to Shakey's pizza. Why Shakey's? I have no idea. We'd go to Shakey's and he would hold court there. <laughs> and, um, and we'd have about uh, 26 uh, uh, pitchers of beer later. And we'd have the whole world of umpiring solved. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. What, uh, <laughs> and it's so funny to me, it was so interesting that this is a guy that worked at the highest level. He worked in the NFL. He worked a few Super Bowls, and then he like college baseball is like on the side type of thing. And he, he, he umpired himself. He did some college world series and then he's the supervisor for umpires in the big West. It was just like, he was so passionate about baseball, but like he had this football background too. I mean, I don't know. Do you think that helped him or he was more passionate about baseball than football? I mean, what do you Dale, think? Dale loved the fact that Dale, who Dale was, Dale would love, you never saw Dale Williams come to a game on time. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you why, because Dale loved to make the grand grandiose appearance. He'd come in and about the top of the second inning he would wear his Big West hat, Big West shirt. He'd wear a World Series. He'd wear a Super Bowl ring on each finger, and he would make his grand, grandiose uh, entrance into the stadium, walk in, during during the inning, so everybody could see him and take a spot right behind home plate, first row, get out his notebook, and loved loved for people to come and say, "Hey, you're somebody important, aren't you?" Well, yes, I am. I'm Dale Williams. Uh, Big West coordinator for baseball. Sit down. Tell me about yourself. That was Dale. Dale loved to be an entertainer and loved to entertain. And he loved the authority that he had. Wow. 
That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was. <clears throat> He's quite a guy. He had his big West gear on, Super Bowl rings, and that that huge big gulp he'd carry around with him every yeah. game. Huge, like 64 ounces. He'd come walking in. That's how you spotted him, really. Just- that was Dale. There you go. He had his, <laughs> his briefcase, and he had just slept in his, in his van uh, in the parking lot. Why he couldn't get to the game on time, he'd been there since you know midnight the, the, the night before. But he had to make his – in fact, he got so mad one time at Chuck Lyon because uh, they they changed they they changed the game time on us to from um, from like uh, it was supposed to be at at one o'clock they changed it to two o'clock so he came in at one and he had an hour to wait and he couldn't make his grandiose appearance he had to sit there for an hour because Chuck didn't tell him on the game t- the game time uh, uh, was an hour later so he sat there and had nothing to do for an hour and he was so pissed after the game at Chuck for not telling him that the, there was a, a, a time change. And Chuck thought it was funnier than shit. He just laughed. <laughs> oh, boy, that is, uh, that is pretty interesting. Um, uh, well, God bless uh, Dale Williams, and uh, our thoughts are out to him and his, uh, his loss with um, losing his wife recently. So uh, some good Dale Williams stories. I'm sure we'll have plenty more. Uh, I wouldn't mind. Do you think he would do it? Do you think he'd come on the podcast and talk to us, share some stories? Well, if I, I'm not sure. Someone would have to be on the other end to tell him what buttons to push, probably. But I'm sure he would love to. He would love to talk. You know, yeah. I mean, if he's if he's able, sure. I, I think oh man, love. that would be fantastic. Give me some uh, Super Bowl stories, some College World Series stories, and just uh, I think it would be fantastic. So we'll we'll maybe we'll make that happen. We'll see what we can do. Um, well, 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 Bill, talking uh, football here. I mean, it's Wednesday. There was a, quite a big football game Monday night. The Los Angeles Rams beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-24. Primetime action. Uh, the Rams finally beat that Tom Brady guy. Uh, did you get to watch that game? And what are your thoughts on, uh, well, number one, the, the Rams overall and, and also Tom Brady's performance? Tom Brady's performance was uh, satisfactory. Um, you know, he threw some interceptions that cost him a little bit, but you know, he's not with the he's not with that powerhouse Patriot team anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't have the supporting cast that he once had. Um, I think the Rams were just better. Mm-hmm. You know, the Rams have made some real improvements in their defense. Um, I don't see their running game. Uh, to where it should be. Um, their passing game was really good. I mean, um, I kept wondering who this number 10 guy was. Who's number 10? This guy, where'd, he, where'd, where'd they get this dude? Well, it's Cooper Cups, but he switched numbers from 18 to 10. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, um, he, he had quite a game the other night. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, what's crazy about Cooper Cup is, I was telling Valerie, uh, my girlfriend, we were watching the game, I'm like, this guy, he just looks like I don't I don't know what to say. He just looks like a kid almost out there. And it's just like he makes these plays. He he breaks, he doesn't just get open, he breaks tackles, and I can't figure it out. He must be stronger than he looks. Yeah, he's uh yeah, he's he's a he's a, he looks he does. He looks like a kid. I guess he's from where? Eastern Washington? Yeah, yeah, Eastern Washington University. Right. Um but uh yeah, they, they played really well. Uh, the rant and you know this here's here's the thing that always baffles me bill people like oh the team played terrible or the team played 
it's like people forget that whatever team you root for, the, the team across the other side of the field, on the other side of the ball, they have professional athletes and coaches too. I mean, it's like anything can happen in a competition. Some teams do it better than others. But like I, anytime uh, the Rams pull out a win, I'm just, I'm just happy that they got the W because I know how hard it is to get a win. And to go to Tampa Bay and, and win that game on, on Monday night was quite impressive. Did they give up some points? Yeah. Did they give up a few yards here and there? Yeah. Did the Rams turn it over themselves? Yeah. But a lot of good things. And all you got to be is a little bit better than the opponent. And, and I think they were definitely better than Tampa Bay Monday night. And I like the direction the Rams are going. Um, typically, they run the ball a lot. Running game wasn't working on Monday. So they, uh, they had to throw it a little bit more. And uh, throw it they did for a lot of yards. So I think they're a little more diverse than they have been in recent years. I don't know how much Rams football you've watched this year. But what are your thoughts on kind of their performance in 2020 so far? Well, it's been a little, a little, been a little up and down, but I thought Monday night they looked really good. Um, who, who do they play this week? San Francisco? Yes, they host San Francisco Sunday afternoon. Well, you know that's a big test. We'll see. We'll see how. We'll see what their consistency level is. You know, they always have. You know, you know they always talk about that. 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 You know, hangover after a Monday night game. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, definitely a short week, if you will. And uh, yeah, divisional opponent. I got to tell you, the NFC West is mighty difficult. Uh, the Niners are struggling a bit, but they're not a bad team. They've hit the injury bug pretty bad. Heck, they're in fourth place. They're four and six. And you know what? They have a better record than every single team in the NFC East. The Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, or Redskins. So. Well, <laughs> see, I think having short, this short week, no practice, I think that's kind of a – that's kind of – doesn't mean anything because with this COVID stuff, a lot of teams don't even practice during the week. They have remote meetings and they scrap it up on Sunday and go. So I don't see where that's, you know, I, I can see a whole new philosophy now where less practice, more meetings, less contact during the week and just strap it up on Sundays and let it all, let it all blow it out. You know, I think that's kind of what's going on now um, in this new NFL. They don't practice a whole lot in pads. Uh, when they play Thursdays, I know they almost never get on the field. It's just like a couple meetings and walkthroughs. Um, yeah. And that's just, that's just tough, you know, uh, when you go from, from a Sunday game to Thursday game and travel involved too. Um, we have some good football games on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Uh, well, I should say one good football they're, game. They're dog shit games. Yeah, <laughs> one good one. Uh, you got you got the Cowboys and Indians, right? The Cowboys versus the Redskins. What better way for Thanksgiving than the Cowboys and Indians? Uh, and then you have uh, uh, who's the other one? The Lions and the Texans, which are again two bad teams. But the Ravens Steelers at night. So hopefully by the time we're eating some uh, pumpkin pie, we'll at least have a, a decent football game to watch. Um, how much of the NFL have you watched, Bill? I know there was a time when both of us were. You know, I, I've watched a little here and there. You know, I, I can't sit down on a Sunday and watch three games. Yeah. You know, I just can't do it. So I'll, I'll pick the pick and choose the ones that I think that are good. And, um, you know, so uh, I'm watching a little more as, as the season progresses. Well, as you're in quarantine, I mean, what did you do? I mean, Sunday – you're inside all day. I mean, I got to imagine you're watching more than probably you have at the start of the season. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, um, 
it's it's interesting that Patrick Mahomes and the uh, the Chiefs they just continue to be excellent. Andy Reid, uh, very well coached team, and the Steelers. Uh, those are the two best teams I think in the NFL probably. Uh, but you know who's really struggling? I can't figure it out. Is the other team in Los Angeles, uh, the LA Chargers? We we see them on TV a lot here in LA, so we see all their games, and they just find new ways to lose every week, man. Every week. Yeah, they don't have a. You know, if they were a if they were a used car lot, they need a closer really bad. They need someone to sell the car on the last in the last uh, five minutes of the uh, transactions because <laughs> they don't have a. They just don't close games well at all i will say the one bright spot has been the play of their rookie quarterback uh, justin herbert um, i think he's done a really good job uh, i didn't expect this from him um, i didn't have huge expectations but i thought he overall he's played well and i think it really shows when he's kind of on a bad football team uh, that he's played pretty well i think yeah yes no doubt about it well the other uh i guess say the other team in los angeles because there's a ton of fans here is uh, the raiders the Las Vegas Raiders have been playing pretty well. I mean, uh, did you think John Gruden would eventually turn the team around like he has like this? I thought, I think, yeah, I, I, I thought there was a whole new commitment to excellence in that organization. You know, they've kind of gotten away from the Al Davis, uh, you know, we're going to have 27,000 penalties in a game and just brutalize <laughs> people mentality. And they've become more of a, you know, uh, mainstream NFL team. And I think, um, you know, they didn't hire Gruden to sell popcorn. Okay. He is a coach and he's a good coach and he's doing good things with that team. And, um, you know, if you're going to have a mediocre year, like they're having, have a mediocre year when you can't put asses in the seats. (laughs) That's true. You know, um, you know, save your, you know, do your practice rounds now. So when next year, when people are in the seats, you're going to, you know, be a better football team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I, I think that's uh, the, the, the battle for a lot of people is it's weird playing in, in these uh, empty stadiums. Although there are some like Tampa Bay, they, Florida, they're there. They have people there at games, not, not capacity by any means. Um, but yeah, I do think uh, the Raiders are doing good things. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys are a train wreck, but they could, still get in the playoffs because of that terrible division they're in. Um, it, it's going to be interesting down the stretch as football starts here after Thanksgiving, as they, as they often say down the home stretch, uh, Bill, what are some of your memories from watching football in your, your younger days or growing up? I mean, watching the Rams here in LA or uh, maybe the other t- the Raiders who played here. I mean, what were your, what are your thoughts on football and maybe how it's changed over the years from what you saw as a kid or a young adult to, to now? Well, you know, when I was a kid, you know, the Rams played in the Coliseum. And back then the capacity was 100,000 people and you weren't going to sell that place out. So we could only watch the Rams on the, when they were on the road. They had blackouts. So um, I only got to see the Rams when they were, when they were on the road and that was back in the day, you had Roman Gabriel, at quarterback, Jack Snow, um, you know, George Allen was the coach, um, you know, back, you know, Les Josephson was the running back. I mean, you had, you know, they were good teams, but they always came up a little short in the playoffs, either against the Vikings or I want to say the Baltimore Colts when the Colts were in the, um, 
uh, National League. So <clears throat> I w- watched them a lot, you know, because we got to watch them on Sundays, like again, road games. And, you know, they, they would win a lot. And I went to a couple, I remember going to a couple of games at the Coliseum when I was in like sixth, fifth or sixth grade. And it was like, oh my God, I'm like in another world, you know? I mean, a kid from Riverside, California going to the Coliseum. Holy smokes. I mean, <laughs> you didn't go to the bathroom by yourself. You didn't venture off from your seat by yourself. You were in a whole new world. And, uh, but it was fun. And the stadium was huge and uh, it was fun. It was fun. We got to, I got to go to a few games. I remember parking in people's yards and in the car and uh, fun. I wonder if uh, parking was the same uh, amount back then as it is today. Uh, you probably, <laughs> your tickets are probably cheaper than parking is there at the Coliseum today or wherever sporting events are these days. Uh, interesting. Great stuff. Yeah. I, I'm just glad to see the Rams back. It's been a few years. Uh, it was nice seeing them at the Coliseum for a few years. Um, I hope, I hope next year we all get a chance to go down to that new stadium. Cause it, uh, it looks pretty nice. Um, uh Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. You okay, I'm Bill. Right. Yeah. I'm all right. All right. Cancel the, cancel the ambulance. I'm fine. <laughs> It'll be right there. Uh, well, anyway, from what you've seen, Bill, I have prediction time. Uh, we're about 10, 11 weeks into the NFL season, only a few weeks left. Uh, who do you foresee coming out of the NFC and also the AFC uh, to get to the Super Bowl at this point? Jeez, I kind of like the uh, I kind of like the Tennessee Titans. Okay. And I like the, jeez, uh, NFL. Uh, wow. Boy, um, put me on the spot there. I know. Um, I think the, the, the team from the, it's going to come from the West. It's either going to be the Rams or the, um, believe it or not, Arizona Cardinals or the Seattle uh, Seahawks. Yeah, I, I like that. Well, when you got three teams from a division in the playoffs, uh, I, I think, yeah, <laughs> there's a good chance with half the fields from one division that they're going to get to the Super Bowl. So I agree with you. I, I think uh, the NFC West will have a participant in the Super Bowl uh, one way or another. Uh, speaking of the Cardinals, what do you think of Kyler Murray? Have you seen much of his games? I mean, he, he's he had that Hail Mary a couple weeks ago. He uh, he, the Kyler uh, Murray, the Kyler Murray, you mean? Uh, Hale Murray, yeah, that's right. Hale, Hale Murray, Hale sorry. Murray, yeah. <laughs> He's a little guy. Cliff Kingsbury uh, looks like you know. Uh, I, I don't know. They're making it work in Arizona, at least better than they have in the past. They seem to be this uh, wild card this year. There's always one team a year who comes out of nowhere, and it's like, man, they're playing well. Uh, yeah, that's exactly hit it pretty well there. Uh, you never know where you know if they're going to come out and, and and play well or get get beat up so you, you, we'll see you just never know yeah again again this whole you know it, it, we've got about uh let's see seven thirty eight we've got about 37 38 days left of 2020 anything can happen we're not done yet we we are not done yet that's right that's right uh very well said uh uh, well, Bill, let's uh, let's talk a little baseball here. There was some baseball news. Again, I didn't mention this to you in our pre-show, um, but uh, things kind of come to us uh, as we go here. Uh, I don't want to get you in trouble or anything, but uh, the Miami Marlins made a hire recently. They hired Kim Eng as 
their general manager. She became the first female general manager in uh, professional sports or, or at least baseball to my knowledge. Uh, she has a history of uh, working with the Los Angeles Dodgers under Ned Coletti as a assistant GM the past uh, eight years, nine years or so she's been uh, working with um, in major league baseball uh, assisting Joe Torrey as the um, uh, senior vice president of baseball operations. So she has quite a bit of experience. She also played softball at the university of Chicago. What, what do you make of the Miami Marlins hiring Miss Kim Ng as their general manager. Uh, time will tell. Hey, you know what? Um, it's just not surprising. Um, you know, you've from. I mean, she sounds quite qualified. Um, so, you know, sounds like she's very, very, very dedicated to her profession. And uh, we'll see how they do. We'll, you know, we'll see if she makes some personnel moves and. And um, if uh, Donnie Baseball is a good uh, a fit for her as far as taking orders from, from her, we'll see what happens. Yeah, she has some experience. I should mention that also. Uh, that's probably the Joe Torrey connection too, is a prior time with the Yankees. She was on uh, a member of three World Series games, 98, 99, and 2000. Um, so that's probably why she got connected to Joe Torrey. And now she's uh, working back with Don Mattingly. Uh, I find it interesting because Derek Jeter, right, is like a, a part owner. He's kind of making a lot of these decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how Derek Jeter pans out as a, an executive or an owner or whatever. Uh, because not all athletes who then go into this line of work do a good job. I mean, Michael Jordan struggled, right? Why do you think maybe some athletes – uh, you can even take it as far as coaching. Some athletes aren't able to coach. Well, think they could. Here, here's why. Because um, a lot of like the folks you just mentioned, Jordan, Mattingly, they're very gifted. Uh, their talent came very, very easy for them. I mean, granted, they worked hard, but they had a great, great talent level. And whereas a, a, you know, a Joe Torre, a Tony La Russa, those kind of managers, they were, you know, uh, you know, they were just uh, mediocre ball players. So everything they did, they had to work their ass off for. And they spent a lot of time sitting on a bench and they spent a, probably a lot of time seeing how their manager did things. And they learned a lot by sitting on their ass. And they became, I think, a lot better managers because of the time they used in their downtime. They turned it into, uh, into being productive. Whereas if you're just a gifted athlete, a gifted player, it comes so easy for you that once you become the boss, uh, you lose the whole concept of having to work for something. And I think that has a lot to do with it. It comes so easy for you as a player, whereas now you're the coach, now you're the GM. Well, this isn't very, this isn't as, as easy as it was when I was playing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... You, you worry about your teammates a little bit. You just got to worry about yourself, you know, your body, your uh, health and everything. But when you're the, the guy in charge, you got to worry about everybody. And, I mean, and it, I, I kind of equated also to when I was a cop, you know, we had some really good, good cops and they would get promoted and they become just absolute horseshit supervisors because they didn't know how, how, what it was like to have to deal with people and be a human being around folks because when they were out on the street, 
everything fell into place for them and everything was easy and everything, you know, they had the, 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 the Midas touch with arresting people, et cetera. And then when they became supervisors, it's like, what the fuck do I do? I can't, you know, this is not the job that I thought it was going to be because it came so easy for me when I was a street cop. Now that I'm a supervisor, I'm, I'm lost. It's kind of the same thing with uh, going into management at any level. No, it's really interesting. Uh, you could talk about it uh, a long time. I mean, you look at coaches at the highest level, you know, Bill Belichick, he never played in the NFL. Sean McVay didn't play in the NFL. Uh, some coaches have, some coaches did play, you know, Andy, some of these guys did play in the NFL, but I do think you see it quite often. And it's always intriguing to me that people that did not play at the highest level can coach at the highest level. And I was thinking about the other night when you got these coaches in the NFL who are not making as much as the players are, but they put in all this time and everything and how a guy, how you yell or coach up a guy who's making more money than you, or, you know, in obviously better physical shape than you. That's always intriguing to me. Um, so we, we will see what the executives do. Uh, those who have played how, how they can do uh, well, Derek Jeter. I, I got to imagine he does, he does well um, just cause, He's, he's driven pretty hard. So uh, who are some other coaches that kind of jump out to you, Bill, in the NFL or whatever that you're like, man, that guy didn't play a down of football in his life, but he's a, he's a heck of a coach. Well, um, geez. Um, oh, there's probably, there's probably many. Um, I don't know. A lot of guys were just mediocre players like Don Shula Tom Landry, those guys played in the NFL back in the 30s and 40s, but they were mediocre, yeah. you know. Um, some of the great ones that fizzled, I mean, oh, God. Um, geez, I don't know. Uh, I can't think of too many that, that were just like in the, in the Hall of Fame as a player and they had Hall of Fame coaching careers. I can't think of too many. They really, they really aren't. I mean, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It's like you either made your name as a player or a coach. It's very, very seldom or guys. I mean, Mike Ditka, Mike Ditka was a, a great player and a great coach. I mean, but he's one of the only guys I could think of really. Yeah. I mean, you think about guys like Terry Bradshaw, he didn't coach. Joe Namath never coached. Those were pretty good quarterbacks. Um, you know, what's his name? Uh, Brett Favre. He, he hasn't, he, I think he coached his kids intramural team or something but uh, <laughs> you know you got um uh you know there's a lot of good good players that just never really coached because they left it all on the field um the ones that that really had something to prove took it to the next level after their playing careers and went on and and, and coached like like uh the guy uh, garrett you know the guy at um jason garrett jason garrett mm -hmm. you know he, um, not saying he's a great coach, but, you know, he was, he was decent. Um, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson didn't do much. I don't even think he played in the NFL. He played, I know he played for the <laughs> University of Arkansas. Am I right? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I think that's why Jerry Jones hired him because he, he liked that connection. Yeah. Jerry's from Arkansas. Jimmy Johnson, yeah. And, um, you know, Barry Switzer, he never really, I don't think he was much of a player, was he? No, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you look at other things too, like don't make like Frank Reich. Frank Reich, the head coach of the Colts, uh, was offensive coordinator for the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. Mm -hmm. But Frank Reich was a backup quarterback in the NFL. The Jim and, Kelly, yeah, yeah, and and Frank Reich had a great, uh, you know, one amazing game uh, that everyone remembers him for. That, that's my point: is you spend a lot of time sitting in a desk 
yeah. looking at plays, being a backup and studying the game, learning the game. And you had a lot of time to put all that to good use. And that's what they've done as coaches. Yeah. A Pete Carroll's a defensive back at the University of Pacific. Pacific. I mean, that, that, that's not a, quite a football power by any means. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of good stuff there, Bill. I appreciate uh, your thoughts on that. Uh, in closing, I, I do want to get your thoughts on this. We mentioned this a few months ago when kind of the news came out. Uh, this is kind of quietly happening this weekend. But on Saturday night, Bill, Mike Tyson returns to the boxing ring against Roy Jones Jr., uh, big pay-per-view event. event. And, uh, man, can you believe uh, Mike Tyson is getting back into the ring here on uh, Thanksgiving weekend? Uh, it seems like we're going back in time, doesn't it? Or do you think yeah, Mike are Tyson? Gonna, are they going to call this Bum Fights 1? <laughs> I mean, one. come on, Mike. I mean, obviously he needs the money and he needs a little bit of uh, – you know, publicity. And I just hope no one gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I think the only hurting will be from, uh, you know, from some of the punches landed. I don't think it'll be uh, from anything else. Mike Tyson is 54 years old, Bill. I mean, he's seven years younger than you. Uh, do, <laughs> do you think you could get in a boxing ring anytime soon? <laughs> uh, no, 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 not at all. Uh, but you know, Hey, He's looks like he's in pretty good shape for a, a 54 year old guy. So, um, Hey, more power to him. Yeah. This weekend, Saturday night, man. Uh, I, I think, uh, now, are people going to, are people going to be dumb enough to pay for that fight? Well, well, you're talking to one of them who probably will. Yeah. It's a, it's an eight round uh, exhibition. It's at Staples center in LA and, uh, yeah, my, come on. Two monumental names in boxing. Come on. No, there won't be a crowd. Uh, no, not in LA. No. Of course not. Not even outdoor dining for this. No. <laughs> yeah, does that yeah, close? <laughs> no outdoor dining. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh boy. Thanks a lot, Garcetti. Uh yeah, it's uh Garcetti's the guy that needs to get in the ring and get his ass kicked. Oh, I like it. I like it. That's a good idea. Hey, here you go. Uh it's only gonna be an eight-round fight. And Wait, I want Garcetti in there versus Newsom, the battle of the bitches. Oh, that's good. Oh my goodness. And, and fight to the death. Yeah, to the utter, to the to the extreme. Yes, <laughs> no yes. white towels, no white no, towels at no. all. No. <laughs> oh, Bill, great way to end. Uh, I'll be watching that fight Saturday night, um, but as well as some other sports and things. But uh, well, Bill, thanks for joining us. We covered a lot when we kind of didn't know what we were going to discuss, but uh, yeah, it's been exciting, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you tired me out, now I'm going to go back to bed for about four hours. Oh, beautiful. You'll be uh, yeah. ready to rock and roll. Uh, any Thanksgiving plans? I mean, we're not allowed to have Thanksgiving, apparently, but uh, you have no. any plans for tomorrow? No, nothing. Nothing. No. No, tur no turkey, no cranberries, no nothing. Don't know yet. <laughs> Depends on what my boss uh, tells me to do. Oh, it's your boss. She put, she, yeah, you get put to work on uh, the, the day everyone else has off, huh? Yeah. We'll see what the boss has in store. Oh, okay. Uh, well, Okay. You can ask for. Well, Bill, thanks again. It's always fun talking with you on Wednesdays, my friend. Okie doke. Uh, take two, hit the right. And um, uh, happy Thanksgiving to all. And you know what? Do what you want to do. If you want to go outside and eat, go outside and eat. If you want to eat indoors, eat indoors. Don't, don't listen to our idiotic leaders. You want to have 25 people over, have them over. Yeah. Just live, li just live your life.
just get in a pile. Just get in a big That's one, it. big pile. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Bill. I agreed, man. Well, happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you soon. See you later. Thanks again, Bill Barnes. We are thankful for you here at the Get Home Safe podcast for your witty banter and uh, extreme opinions at times. Uh, thank you for joining us uh, on the podcast on the weekly Wednesday way. And I really hope this audio goes through again, recording through my phone since the Anchor website and app appears to be down. Uh, I tried to <laughs> upload some audio right now and it just wasn't working. So we'll get this out at some point today. And if you're listening to this, then uh, you know that it probably came out a little bit later on Wednesday than we would have liked. But you know what? Uh, we're still thankful for some obstacles and some uh, issues that pop up every now and then. That's that's life in general. So Bill Barnes, thank you again. We look forward to chatting with you next week and have a happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving, Bill. Well, guys, that will wrap up today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. It's been a little challenging with some technical difficulties and such. Uh, I hope this audio goes through, as I mentioned, and uh, if not, we'll have to record an episode much later tonight. Uh, But the episode will be out sometime today, and if you're listening, you already know that. Anyway, uh, guys, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you so send us an email contact us on social media whatever you want to do uh we would love to hear from you just like you hear from us on mondays wednesdays and fridays on the get home safe podcast additionally there are some links in the episode notes if you'd like to leave a voice message that's always an option it's awesome to hear voices on the podcast other than mine so send in a voice message much like a caller leaving a voice message on the uh, answering machine we can play you on the episode and uh yeah maybe uh you can be famous and uh, sign some autographs later uh anyway if you're not into the voice message we get it just send us an email we would love some questions some content suggestions uh anything really tell us what you're thankful for tell me about uh your your favorite sports team and what it is to uh, go through some of the uh, difficulties in following a team. Uh, whatever you want, we are here. We're here and ready to listen uh, here on the Get Home Safe podcast. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope everyone has a thankful and safe Thanksgiving. Be uh, be thankful for what you have because there's so many people who have lost so much this year and uh, there's not really much else I could say about that. So uh, count your blessings. Count your blessings indeed. And if, uh, if you need some help being thankful for something, uh, I, I understand that. I mean, it, sometimes it's hard to dig deep. But you know what? we got to do what we got to do. So Thanksgiving is here. I hope everyone celebrates as they wish, um, as they've done in the past. And if you want a more quiet Thanksgiving, hey, by all means, have at it as well. Stay safe out there, guys. Uh, be thankful. Be uh, Be blessed. Uh, cheers to everyone out there. Raise a glass. Have an extra piece of turkey. Maybe some more pumpkin pie late at night. However you celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, do enjoy it because you know what? Uh, it's here every year. And no matter how bad the year has been, uh, there's plenty to be thankful for. So guys, that's it for me. Happy Thanksgiving to all. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.